technical difficulties have occurred. This is not Earth. Coming up next in our show. This is not news. The news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is Park Hopping Podcast number 74, Disney Interactive. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 74, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, recorded live in the Crappy Podcast Studios here in Des Moines, Iowa, USA. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I discussed the new 2009 WDW Trivia Calendar from the Intrepid Traveler. Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, I was planning on park hopping back out to Florida, but instead I think I'm going to finally post an episode that I apparently was putting together about a year ago, back in August 2007. I don't know why I never did this show. I think I just got distracted by other topics. Anyway, I found all my notes tonight and thought maybe now would be a good time to do it. So, by the way, August is the uh, anniversary month for this podcast. I think the first thing I ever posted back in the original DisneyFans.com podcast feed was on August 30th, 2005. And I have located a copy of that original short teaser I posted that day, and I almost wonder if it's worth doing some kind of contest to see if anyone out there actually downloaded it. Well, I know it was downloaded. I mean to see if anyone saved a copy of it. I'll think on that and maybe we can do something fun, or maybe I'll just save it for the five-year anniversary in 2010. But I digress. Disney Interactive. You know, it's all in the details. I think that's the main thing that separates Disney parks from other theme parks. Now, some might argue that it's the unforgettable stories and characters everyone knows and loves. And sure, I agree that these are important. But what was the unforgettable story of the Haunted Mansion? Or Pirates of the Caribbean? Or the Country Bear Jamboree? Or any of the other dozens of Disney attractions that weren't based on some pre-existing unforgettable story or character? After all, with the exception of classic storybook characters, Disney routinely fabricates new characters and creates movies that they hope will become unforgettable. And if Six Flags opened up a wild Mickey Mouse roller coaster complete with a Mickey logo on the side, would it feel like Disney? I believe there's a lot more than just using Disney characters when it comes to making an unforgettable Disney experience. And that brings me back to details. There's a certain level of detail found in classic attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean that you just don't find anywhere else. As the decades have passed, even Disney has lost much of the attention to detail. In fact, Disney did open up a Mickey Mouse roller coaster at Disney's California Adventure. And while the single loop topped with Mickey Mouse ears was a cute touch and distinctively Disney, there's nothing else about that coaster that really screams Disney. Without those ears, the coaster and its queue would drop in at a Universal Studios or a Six Flags Park probably without anyone thinking, wow, this feels like it's a Disney ride. Yet, when you do something simple like adding a pre-show with an animatronic narrator like Iowa's Adventureland did for the Underground Dark Ride back in like uh, 95, 96, well, it's easy to say, hey, this is kind of like a Disney ride. I know that when I rode that cool boat ride at Six Flags, Georgia, whatever the Southern Mansion ride was, all I could think of was, wow, this is like Splash Mountain without the drops. 
Now, I know I've previously done a whole episode just on what a Disney ride is and what makes it a Disney ride. So this time I'm going to focus outside of the actual rides and look at one specific detail, or at least a type of detail. And I'm going to start, but I'll need your help. Today's topic is about the interactive details of the Disney parks. For instance, when Disneyland opened Mickey's Toontown in, what, 1993? That land was full of little interactive details. You could stand on a manhole cover and hear voices from below. You could press a doorbell on the Photoshop and watch a camera flash go off. Those are the types of interactive elements I'm talking about. How many of them do you know about just in Toontown? Now, I don't know what the first interactive element was in any Disney park, but here are some of the ones I can think of just off the top of my head. Now, in 1994, the Indiana Jones Adventure opened at Disneyland, and in the queue were two interactive elements. The spike room had a stone ceiling with metal spikes poking down, and a stressed bamboo pole seemingly keeping the ceiling from collapsing on you. Give that pole a good push, and the ceiling will start to lower while a loud sound effect plays. Later in the queue is a rope going down in a pit. The top of the pit is covered, so you can't see what's down there, but you can hear someone chipping away below. If you pull on the rope, you'll hear the man hanging from it complain about you pulling on the rope. Pull it enough and maybe he'll drop what he's working on. And if you pull it even more, you may knock him off the rope and hear him plunge into the depths, and the rope becomes loose. Over on the East Coast at the Disney MGM Studios, which I guess is the Disney Hollywood Studios these days, a similar version of this interactive rope can be found outside the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, though it has a different set of audio for some reason. Now, elsewhere at Disneyland, their Adventureland's Tarzan's Treehouse has one display where you see a large house cat, and if you move too close, you'll get a startling blast of air accompanied by a ferocious growl. Elsewhere in this queue, there's other things you can touch to change projections or make noise. Over in Fantasyland, outside the Snow White attraction is a pedestal with a golden book next to a golden apple. You read the writing on the book, and that might give you a clue about touching the apple. And touching the apple will result in a series of different sound effects, from the witch cackling to thunder. And at Epcot, this is... Well, actually, there used to be... I don't know if they're still there. There used to be, I think, five talking water fountains. They were scattered around Future World, and they looked kind of like normal drinking fountains. But when you drank from them, sounds would play from the drain. You can find a similar talking fountain at Toontown in Disneyland next to a sign that says Goofy Water or something like that. The Disney Studios used to contain boxes you could open that would trigger sounds. This was in a Roger Rabbit area, which was later rethemed with scarier sounds as a Goosebumps area. Similar boxes that triggered smells instead of sounds were found in the waiting area for the defunct Food Rocks attraction at Epcot's Old Land Pavilion. And the list goes on. These are just the ones I could quickly think of, but I know there are plenty more. So what interactive elements do you know about? Let me know. Send me an email, podcast at disneyfans.com. And although not totally related, there are also things in some of the attractions that change. You just don't change them, so they're not really interactive. For instance, Disneyland's Pinocchio and possibly other dark rides have scenes with alternate audio lines based on when you go through them. If you pay attention, there's a ticket taker outside of the Pleasure Island entrance in the Pinocchio ride. 
He says different things as you pass by. And of course, the Indiana Jones adventure used to be a very different experience each time you rode, with effects being triggered at different times and the jeeps behaving differently. Uh, one would keep stalling throughout the ride while another had a gear problem and you could literally fill the grinding gears through the floorboard. Now, Sadly, today most of the elements have been disabled, and about the only difference now is which door you go through at the beginning and the sound and audio of the chamber behind it and some of the things that Indy says to you in the ride. So let me hear from you. What other interactive props do you know of in the parks? And what rides have you noticed changing effects or audio? Maybe by hearing me ask these questions, you'll pay a bit more attention to things the next time you visit. And speaking of visits, yeah, I know, this is a quick one. The next time you're there, take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away or never be around again. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 53,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. I hope to hear from you. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 74, Disney Interactive. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Advertise your product or service on this podcast network. You'll receive one exclusive pre-roll placement so the audience doesn't get sick of hearing your message and multiple in-show mentions and post-roll ads. This unique placement reduces listeners from fast-forwarding through your message. Visit anothercrappypodcast.com for details.